0: and invite your sisters because we're about to have a powerful conversation. Tune in. Welcome, welcome, Heal Everything listeners. This is the final episode in the Heal Your Mother Wound series. And tonight's topic is loving mama just as she is. You know, it was an adventure for me to even decide to dedicate a season to me, my mom and my daughter having these very authentic, raw and unfiltered conversations in front of the world. But it absolutely was necessary because part of my commitment to transparency and being so visible um, is how I document the legacy how I document the ancestral healing work and gifts that I've been given. So deep bow to each of you who tuned in for every episode in this season, cracked up at my child who you just never know (laughs) what's going to come out of that beautiful mind and mouth, laughing at my mama. Um, It has been revealing for me. Because if you don't actually know my story with my mother, you could miss the power of this topic. I didn't even get back into this kind of dynamic with my mother until the start of the pandemic. I was in a stage with her where separation was the only way I could demonstrate my love and care because to be close to her would keep me from learning what I needed to know about my own identity as a woman and as a mother. And because the the torch was passed to me to carry certain patterns forward. I needed a whole lot of room. And for years in my adult life, I held a whole lot of rage. Because when you become an adult, um, when you grow up, you begin to realize where your parents' blind spots are, right? So for me, I was realizing my mother's mistakes. And although I had created a space, for her to correct them, I re traumatized myself by holding that expectation that she could and that she would. Mm. There is somebody that's going to listen to this episode tonight and. What I just said is going to help you recognize that it's time to change your expectation. That's why the topic tonight is loving mama just as she is. I ask a lot of my clients when we're processing their mother wound. Why did you choose the mother that you chose before you were even in her womb, before you even came to earth? Remember, why did you say, God, sign me up for this one? Let me take this journey. It'll help me fulfill my destiny. And there are visualizations and meditations that I walk them through. And because the womb records everything that you experience and is the bridge between heaven and earth, you can always pull the file. You can always pull the file and reflect and say, okay, why? Tema azi se why. Did you choose Linda Jane Tarbayol? Even though my daughter Zariel is only six, I will pause her and ask her just to see what her awareness of her soul contract is. Daughter, why did you choose me as your mother? Because two years before Zariel was even born, She came to both me and my mother the same night in a dream and told us what her name would be. Why? You listening to me right now, did you choose your mother? And I believe my answer to that question is clear. I discovered it a few years ago, so I've been doing a lot of work around healing my mother wound redefining um, my, what I deserve outside of the context of what I was modeled and reparenting myself. And my answer to, Tama, why did you choose your mother? My mother is my master teacher of unconditional love. <laughs> what is your answer? So what I mean by that is she has modeled an unconditional love for me at her true capacity consistently throughout her life. Um, so she models that to me. So even in my raging, even in my leave me alone, even in my my mother's love was consistent, never, never wavering, never wavering. Even in the seasons when it was not enough for what I needed to heal some of the things that were happening inside of me, I always knew that her love was real and I always knew that it was available. And there's never been a time in my life where I did not believe that my mother would do anything for me, but because I have matured and I have gotten wiser. I now understand that even if she wants to do some things for me, what her true capacity is. So because my mother is my master teacher of unconditional love, we are now in a stage of development in our relationship where I'm learning different ways of reciprocating that at the higher level. Because even though my mother's love was unconditional, sometimes it was to a fault, right? She would never tell you that. <laughs> if she was in this episode tonight, she'd be like, there's nothing about loving my child that I think was um, to my own detriment. But my mother has been the type of woman that would put other people's needs before her own and position herself to take care of your life better than she takes care of her own. And so in witnessing her and her womanhood, it has taught me the value of not getting up on the cross the value of not martyring myself because the reality is at some point you burn out so if there's anybody that's listened to this season and you're really like okay i like what i'm hearing but i still want some support and how do i actually apply this i brought out my favorite book a return to love by marianne williamson If you have been following me for any amount of time, you know how often I uh, resource the wisdom she put in this book. I mean, I could read it over and over and over again. It's her reflections on the principles from the book, A Course in Miracles, which is also one of my favorite books. So in the chapter on relationships, I want to read a few pages that I think Will help you put all of the information that you've gathered from this past season in perspective. So, on on this edition, I'm starting on page 126 in the section Relationships. And it says A Course in Miracles says that one day we will realize that nothing occurs outside our minds. Write that down if you need to pause the episode if you need to and write that down. Please don't miss the weight of what I just said. One day you will realize nothing occurs outside of your mind. So get this how a person seems to show up for us is intimately connected to how we choose to show up for them understand why my mother is my master teacher of unconditional love how a person seems to show up for us is intimately connected to how we choose to show up for them. I have learned that my most productive responses and relationships come not from my focus on the particulars about another person, but rather from my commitment to playing my own role in the relationship on as high of a level as I'm capable. My, my, my I feel like preaching in tonight's episode because it's long As you are waiting for your mama to be what she has not been for you. I mean, how many more years are you going to do that? You have got to learn to love her as she is. And it's good for you. It's good practice for you. It's good medicine for your own inner child. Love... Is a participatory emotion Mm. in a holy relationship we take an active role in creating the context in which the interaction can unfold most constructively we actively create the conditions of interest rather than passively waiting around to see whether or not we're interested no one is always gorgeous (laughs) including your mama No one is always gorgeous. No one is always sexy, but love is a decision. Waiting to see whether someone is good enough is childish. And it is bound to make the other person feel, on some level, as though they are auditioning for the part. In that space, we feel nervous. And when we are nervous, we are not at our best. The ego is looking for someone attractive enough to support. The mature and miracle minded among us support people in being attractive. Do you hear the difference? So part of working on ourselves in order to be ready for a profound relationship is learning how to support another person and being the best that they can be. Partners are meant to have a priestly role in each other's lives. They are meant to help each other access the highest parts within themselves. You and your mother's soul contract was designed to help each other access the highest parts within themselves. Hmm. Marianne shares this personal example in this section. She says, I've been with men who never seemed to think I was good enough. I've also been with men who were smart enough to say you look beautiful tonight, often enough for it to bolster my self-esteem and help me show up for life in a more beautiful way. None of us are really objectively attractive or unattractive. There is no such thing. There are people who manifest the potential for sparkle that we all share and those who don't. Those who do are usually people who somewhere along the line, either from their parents or lovers, were told verbally or non-verbally, you're wonderful and beautiful. Love is to people what water is to plants. Love is to people what water is to plants. I'm going to pause for a second. This makes me think of one of my favorite chapters from the ancient text, the Bible um, and y'all know I'm interfaith but I did grow up Christian so a, a lot of the principles that I value um, intersect with the Bible. First Corinthians 13. most commonly referred to as the love chapter, right? So it talks about how love conquers everything. Keeps no record of wrongdoing. It's not easily aggravated. Love isn't rejoicing in the downfall. Because let me tell you something. I'm young, right? I'm under 40. I'm a very old soul, though. Um, I'm young, but I'm wise enough. I've I've lived long enough and I've been to earth enough times to know. When people are so um, imbalanced in their ego, that they're tracking and tracing adversity in other people's lives as a signal that their interaction with that person, that like that adversity they're facing must be about what I experienced with them. Like somebody's whole life and whole existence is rooted around whether they talk to you nicely or say something you like. Like we have got to get beyond the, the trauma brain and functioning from only that part of our Being, We have got to understand that the narratives that we create, we must live and damn it, break your addiction and obsession with where it hurts and figure out how to give yourself pain relief and the medicine for pain relief is acceptance as soon as you gain the capacity to stop wishing that what you experienced with your mother was any other experience and you begin to accept that this is what I experienced with her. And then you decide what the next experience will be. Now you're free. Now you're free. And there's another scripture in the Bible that says, Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. My mantra for my identity this year has been, I am Lord. (laughs) I am Lord of my life. The, The definition of Lord means somebody who has amassed a lot of power. Where the Spirit of the Lord is with the spirit of someone who not only knows that they are powerful, but has invested time in practicing their power where the spirit of the Lord is there is Liberty. There comes a moment in every woman's life where your mother can no longer be your Lord. It is inevitable. The dynamics must change, but the heart of the daughters must choose a path that is not rooted in resentment because what you resist persists. Pain in all of its forms is the fruit of what we refuse to accept. It's the resistance. It's the, I wish my mother had did for me. I wish my mother had known. I wish she had said, I wish she had made different choices. I wonder what my life would be like if she was like, listen, I mean, you can do nothing about it. I'm not trying to be insensitive, but I am trying to anchor you in the energy that you can use now that will actually help you be able to move forward instead of replay the past. The past, whether good or bad, is irrelevant. Love your mother as she is. It might help you have the skills to do the same with others and with yourself. It should begin with you, but listen, I know the laws of the universe, it's hard to give what you don't have. So this loving your mother as she is, I mean the decision to accept people as they are, to give acceptance. That work begins with yourself. You cannot give what you don't have. So some of you are having so much difficulty with accepting others as they are. Because you don't even do that with yourself. Let me get back to Marianne Williamson. I'm on page 128. So I left off. The last sentence was love is to people what water is to plants. Examining the past can help clarify many of our problems, but healing does not occur in the past. My, my, my. Talk to me, Marianne Williamson. Examining the past can help clarify many of our problems, but healing does not occur in the past. It occurs in the present. There is practically a mania these days for blaming the events of our childhood for our current despair. Preach, preacher. What the ego doesn't want us to see is that our pain doesn't come from the love we weren't given in the past, but from the love we ourselves are not giving in the present. Okay, now the first time I read that, I just laid down on the floor for a minute and put the book down. The 30th time I read that, I did the same thing. I still put the book down. <laughs> like every time I read that sentence, it is very convicting. It is very clarifying for me. I'm going to read it one more time to make sure you don't miss the weight of it. What the ego doesn't want us to see is that our pain does not come from the love we weren't given in the past. But from the love we ourselves are not giving in the present. And salvation is only found in the present. Every moment we have a chance to change our past and our future by reprogramming the present. Such a view is blasphemy to the ego and we are judged harshly for espousing it. Although we might have learned the ways of lovelessness from our parents, perpetuating their patterns by denying them love now is hardly the way out of the problem. We don't get to the light through endless investigation of the darkness. After a certain point, the discussion always becomes circular. So the only way to the light is through entering the light. My parents didn't tell me I was beautiful. Poor me is not a miracle minded thought. Rather, it supports a feeling of victimization. The miracle minded attitude here would be my parents didn't tell me I was beautiful. The value of knowing this is that now I'm clearer about why I don't have an easy time letting anyone else tell me that. And I understand why I haven't developed the habit of saying it to others. I can develop the habit now. The choice to give what I haven't received is always an available option. Do you know how much, let me pause again. Do you know how much emotional and spiritual maturity is required to think like this? To say to yourself, the choice to give what I have not received is always an available option. Oh, this is like big girl panty ways of being. So back to the reading. A man mentioned to me recently that when he was a child, his father never gave him presents. I suggested that a healing would come from his sending his father lots of presents now. (laughs) I used to worry too much about whether or not I was supported and not enough about whether or not I was actively supporting others. Romantically, I realized that I needed to help a man feel more like a man rather than spend my time worrying about whether or not he was enough of a man. We help another person access their highest by accessing our own. Growth comes from focus on our own lessons, not on someone else's growth comes from focus on our own lessons, not on someone else's growth comes from focus on our own lessons, not on someone else's. Of course, in miracles teaches that only what you have not given can be lacking in any situation. I spent years waiting for a man to make me feel like a real woman. Only when I realized that my feminine energy was not a man's gift to me, but rather my gift to myself and to him, did the men around me start to demonstrate the more masculine energy that I craved. I'm going to stop the reading there. Ooh, We're doing some heavy lifting in this conversation tonight. Love your mother as she is. And if you're really feeling like you are a vessel of the divine, maybe love your mother as you love yourself. Because if we create qualifiers for our embodiment of love that say, you need to perform for my love and you know, my mama's behavior dictates what she can get out of me. None of that is powerful. You're still moving in deficits and in fear. Because in reality, there's only two paths in life, love or fear. And when we start denying love, it's because we fear that we're going to lose something about ourselves. But that's when you think love is external. How can you lose What and who you are. You are love. So am I going to stop being myself? Has pain and your past become so valuable that you hold it up on the mantle? Like it's some kind of trophy that gives you permission to be less of who you are. I have a great capacity, not because I necessarily am just built that way. On some level, I guess that could be true, but I practice my power. The formula for me is my thoughts, my choices, and my behaviors. and I practice who I say I am, not who others want me to be. I practice who I say I am. If I wake up and I decide I am raw, unapologetic power, baby, in that 24-hour period, you're going to see me do something powerful. You're going to hear me say something, post something, reflect, embody. I'm going to be who I say I am. Not just in my head, but in my life. So if I say, I am love, here comes mama. Still doing the stuff that she did in my childhood that traumatized me. When I get triggered, my inner child wants to go into full blown tantrums, but I breathe. I say to my inner child, "Uh, uh, uh. This battle is not yours; it's the Lord's." <laughs> oh boy! I hope when y'all leave this episode, y'all are calling yourselves lords too. <laughs> I say to my inner child, "This battle is not yours; it's the Lord's." I am your mother now. I am your father now. You don't have to try to fight, bark, break down to get what you need. I will sit with you. I will nurture you. I will give you what you need. But in this moment, we will practice peace because love is more important than whatever we've been through before. And I I know you in this moment don't feel like love is available, but I'm gonna show you that it is. Sometimes we feel like we are giving people passes by letting certain things go. I'm not asking you to be weak. I'm not asking you to subject yourself to abuse or to toxic exchanges. Like I said, I just, my mother didn't even know where I lived before she got ill. She didn't even know where I lived until I went into caregiver mode. I had stopped talking to my mother for three years. So I'm not ignorant to the layers. And I I have my reasons. There's there's a lot of things in my dynamic with my mother that were um, beautiful in my younger years. right? Um, My mother used to be the one that all my friends called mine wanted as their mother's. And if there's anything that my mother was born with the gift of, it is being a mother and an educator. She's very good at it. She really is. She's very good with children. However, she has her demons and she has not commanded all of them. I have my demons too, but they work for me. They work for me. So before my mother was my mother, she was just a human being, right? And we talked about that. In one of the previous episodes, like your expectations do need to be examined. And every now and then you have to take inventory on what you're giving a lot of your focus and attention to, because what gets a lot of your focus and attention is a priority for you. Many of us speak of peace being important, but your choices, your thoughts, your behaviors don't match. That peace is a priority. It's more important than the strife. The replaying of the old stuff and do rituals, call upon different elements, work with water, fire, earth, air, do do what you need to do to bring yourself to a space of peace and clarity that I'm not invested in reacting to old information like I used to. I'm not invested in reacting to old information like I used to. I'm just not invested in reacting to old information like I used to. Instead, I choose to call my brain, my heart, my nervous system, my body into the present moment where I am Lord. The last piece I will share in this episode So that would also help me to love my mother as she is, is my relationship with the Holy Mother, the Cosmic Mother, the Divine Mother, the Goddess. (laughs) See, I was spiritually bastardized when I was taught only about the Heavenly Father and the Heavenly Mother was erased. Um, And so I had a lopsided relationship. But once I met my Divine Mother, And became deeply intimate with her. I didn't need so much from my earthly mother. I didn't need so much from other women. And I was able to find pieces of the Holy Mother and all women who are made in her image. Trace your spiritual lineage. You are a woman. Whose image are you made in? Show me someone on the planet who did not come from the womb, we are fearfully and wonderfully made. And I am unapologetically a minister of her gospel. I have read the ancient texts of the women. I know the woman God, and it has changed everything for me. So tap into some of that. You know I'm working on a book. I would tell you when it would be done, but lord, I need a, a coach or somebody needs some accountability around it. I'm trying to get it done. Um <laughs> there's so much information, so I'm at the part of the book that isn't fun for me, which is putting in the research, the data, and all that kind of stuff. I wish I had a ghostwriter to do that part of it and then I could get back to the other stuff that I love. Um And so if you're listening and you have that skill, contact me. But anyway, that's the title of my book, The Woman God. It talks about uh, my journey of reading Proverbs 8. And that was my introduction to the goddess. (laughs) So if you haven't read that text in the Bible, I encourage you to go read it. My favorite translation is the New Living Translation. So as we wrap up this season and prepare for the next, which is going to be fire, um, I'm going to invoke her vibration to help you love your mother as she is. To the great one, the one I am so much alike, whose name we do not even know. The one who can have no counterparts because everything that exists came out of you. The great one who has been worshiped and venerated for the majority of this world's history. I affectionately commune with you as Mother Wisdom. Come, your daughters need you. We need some healing the kind of healing that transfers from mothers to daughters and beyond. It's the kind of love that's contagious in the bloodline and transforming and undeniable. Take the pain away. We offer it to you. We offer it to you. We don't need it anymore. We don't want to carry it around. We don't want it to be the reason. We can't have the kind of relationships and interactions. And at some point, and I feel like that point is now mama, we're ready to own our lives and our outcomes. And so I just wanted to Acknowledge your power and your presence in the conversation. And I also wanted to invoke your energy so that every listener has an advantage when they get off of this episode with healing their mother wounds. And so thank you. And so it is. Namaste. The Lord that I am always enjoys communing with other lords. I hope you find the Lord in you and that this season has really blessed you and given you what you needed to heal your mother wound and to heal the daughters and grandchildren who may have been wounded by you as a mother. Let us take all of this good energy and multiply it. And make it fruitful. I love you. I'll see you in the next season. Peace.